Hey guys, welcome back to the Parrot Connection Podcast. You're here with Schuler, Nate, Kaylee, and Ryan. And tonight, I think we're going to have a pretty good podcast. We have a new guest coming on. Her name is Erin McGarry. She's been highlighted on a TV show that's came out about a year or so ago, so that's pretty cool. She's also a paranormal investigator from Denver, Colorado, so she's going to have some pretty good stories to talk to us about and all that. Nate, you got anything that you think is going to be interesting tonight to talk to Erin about? I mean, I think it would be cool to talk to her just based on, you know, what we saw in the show. Yeah. Yeah, I think it would be pretty interesting if, you know, she can highlight that. Even if it's off record, I mean, there's some interesting things, and I'm sure there's going to be some things she can kind of top off that are more generic with things that she's, you know, researched and got involved with and experienced. I know she said she's going to want to talk about some theories, and... um some of these theories kind of relate into sensitivities, which Kaylee, I believe you can relate on that, can't you? Yeah, pretty much. How excited are you about that? Pretty dang excited. Oh, are we going back to the uh, the original intros there? Oh, you bet I am. <laughs> so what about you, Ryan, with what we're talking about with Aaron here? What are you excited for to talk to her about? I mean, we've got so many theories. Yeah, I mean, I, just to hear what type of theories that she's into, there's theories that maybe I haven't heard about or yeah. you know, we'll learn more. Yeah, I think we'll learn some pretty good stuff tonight. And, of course, you know, we'll share with her some of our uh, our own experiences and kind of get the info on her outlet so we can keep up with her adventures and all that stuff and uh, go from there. So let's go ahead and get this podcast rolling. We'll give her a call and see what comes our way. Let's go. All right. So we have Aaron McGarry on the podcast here with us. Thank you guys for having me. I always love talking with like-minded people who don't think I'm crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, any sort of theories or like questions or any cool stories, whatever your viewers tend to like more. So Erin, when we were starting up the talk here with you, you had a theory that you've been doing a lot of research on. Would you like to kind of recap that and give some details on your research that you've been doing lately? Sure. Um, So as anybody who has seen Haunted knows, I've kind of had crazy experiences most of my life. And so I've spent a lot of time researching into like what the hell it could be. And one of the theories I'm reading right now, it's a, it's a really little book. It's called Ghost and Ghoul by T.C. Lethbridge. And he was a scientist um, in the mid 1900s. And he talks a lot about how it's possible that some people are almost like projector screens and some of us are projectors. So if I'm sitting here at the dinner table thinking about my dead grandmother, I could project that onto somebody else who then acts like a projector and sort of makes the phantom appear. And I don't like 100% stand behind that, like that's what it is, but I was like, that is a really interesting idea. Okay, so more of like an optical illusion type of effect, is that right? I guess in a way, yeah, it's kind of, um, yeah, like a or a screen, like when you watch a movie, some it's like someone's kind of playing it. And then it comes down to like, well, is that considered real or not? Because if more than one people see it or, you know, the base falls off the table, that's real. Yeah. Like, you can't really deny that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd have to say that's, that's pretty intriguing though. I, I've not really looked into a theory like that. 
in the past couple of months or years, to be honest. What about you, Kaylee? <laughs> um, I had, I'm very intrigued. Um, so my, one of the lingering questions that from like what you just mentioned was, does the, the stuff you're researching, does it mention like what exactly is going on with the projector versus the projectee? Um, like what's happening, like say if I was like the projector screen, like do in order to be like a, a projectee, a projector screen, like do I have to have like psychic abilities or like am I like, am I the one making the grandma show up or is it just like I'm the one seeing the stuff? And that's kind of where I'm, I haven't finished the book yet. Oh. Um, but like some people are, I guess, like naturally able to have like the psychokinetic abilities, supposedly. Um, and, and so it's almost like you have to be in the perfect storm. It's not like it's gonna happen or we'd all be projecting things like crazy everywhere. And I'm sure none of us wanna see what's on some people's mind. <laughs> um, but and it's it's kind of a I mean it's a small book but it's kind of a dense read, <laughs> so it's taken me a little while to get through it. But I, I like that idea and like the whole idea of the stone tape theory, which he talks a lot about, where if something super traumatic happens, like a murder, it's almost like the the natural minerals and rocks and trees can absorb that energy and also sort of act as that projector if it happens you know, on the right time. Like if the scenario recreates itself, it's the full moon on a Wednesday and it's like a perfect storm. So a lot of his theories have to do with the perfect storm. Gotcha. That's so cool. a question for me, Aaron, would be, would you consider it like a residual haunting? Yes, not all hauntings, but there definitely are residual okay. hauntings that I've experienced and that I'm sure you guys have. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I was just really curious with that because a lot of it seemed kind of like a plug and play, very relative to a residual type of blood stain, if you will. And a lot of people like to have a debate on it, whether or not it's a haunting, like it's, it's intelligent, but it can't really communicate with us, I guess. And then there's also like another group of people that say it's not intelligent. And it's strictly like a replay, like you're saying, like it's a movie. It's almost like a memory that's been imprinted. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is that like like you took like an object? Like, yeah. Go ahead, Ron. No, like let's say like when you took like the stone from the. Uh, oh, you're talking about uh, central state, right? From central state. Like, yeah. what if that stone was part of something that was reoccurring? Like, you know, they were throwing the stones around, but then you took it. That, that's a good point. And then that had some effect of like haunting on you but then you returned it back for the full effect of the, you know, their... Like the environment, where it came from? Yeah. Yeah, what Ryan's talking about, Aaron, is there is an investigation I did at an old mental institution called Central State, and I was hit with an object, which was a small little rock, because we were down in the crawl space, and there were stories about people being chained up and, you know, different things happening to them. And this was like my first real, quote-unquote, poltergeist activity, if you will. And I thought yeah. it was phenomenal, you know, and being like 18 years old, it was just wonderful. But uh, I took this rock home with me and I had a whole bunch of weird stuff happen to me at my actual house with, you know, like my bed shaking, with vivid nightmares of me being dragged down my hallway, being thrown against the wall. I still can't believe you took it home. Oh my gosh. Like, that's like the yeah. biggest faux pas you could ever do. <laughs> when I he mean, told me, I like, I, would, I, probably would take I lost too, my so. breath. I was like, I can't believe I you. You would have put it in the fish tank, right? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, the poor fish. Right? <laughs> I mean, at the time, 
it was the second year that we were a paranormal team and getting into the field and everything. Yeah, so very amateur, of course. But I thought it was pretty cool. I was like, oh my god, you know, here's a souvenir, and I got hit by an invisible <laughs> force. This is so cool. And I took it home, and for a month, I paid the price. I'm not going to go into that story. It lasted a whole month, too. There, there's like, a lot of detail. But. I feel like after the first night, I was, like, flinging that rock out my window or something. I needed to do something with it. But long story short, I took it back. And I did, <laughs> I did my uh, personal prayers and all that fun stuff. And it finally, that same night, it stopped. So it was, it was weird. But like Ryan's saying, he was curious if what you're talking about with the theories of the stone tape, if that could somehow be related even though it seemed like this thing was intelligent it attacked me on personal levels on intelligent levels but it seemed to be attached to that rock and like you're saying these stones kind of absorb energy but that seemed intelligent mm -hmm. it wasn't like a replay but what's your what's your theory that, on that that sounds like it could definitely be related um but i see that a little differently since it's not so much an imprint, but it's like, you know, with all the haunted dolls or haunted objects, things tend yeah. to attach themselves to objects. And then I believe they can definitely be intelligent at that point. And I don't know if that could be seen as like, maybe whatever spirit was there was just kind of pissed that you took the rock and sort of like, uh-uh. <laughs> and then tell you brought it back. <laughs> yeah, who or whatever it was, Aaron, it was not, it was not a good time. It was not a nice no. time, to say the least. I uh, I was even scratched in my shower one of the nights after I brought that. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's it pretty intense. <laughs> that takes a lot of energy to have a spirit be able to like manifest any sort of physical attacks. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, as an investigator, I live for that. But I mean, it when it happens in your home, it's different. Like if you're on an investigation and something happens, it's like yeah. yes, evidence. But in your home, it's like a violation exactly. of privacy. Get out. <laughs> It's like, I love this stuff, but I don't want to um, live with always. this stuff. <laughs> exactly. My mom and I get them all the time, and so we have to spirits out of here constantly. Oh, do you do bad. anything to try and combat it um, on a daily basis at all? Um, We get kind of, I guess, bad about doing it on a daily basis. Um, it usually just happens, like, I think the most recent, it was probably like two weeks ago, we were sitting on the couch, and our cupboard started, like, not like slamming, but like shaking. And we're like, God damn it. Like, <laughs> so then we do our, our rituals to get rid of things. And usually they leave, you know, and my, my adulthood is a lot separate from what happened in my childhood on what the show talked about. Yeah. Um, I haven't dealt with anything quite that aggressive in my later years, thankfully. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to ask if you're comfortable enough with it, with your rituals, are there any type of specific steps that anybody could follow that, that oh, might yeah. be with something and they're like, I don't know what to do yeah. or am I qualified? Could, could you kind of give us a little info on that? Oh yeah, of course. Um, so I'm of the firm belief that whatever, I guess, ritual you're doing comes from the power of your belief. So if you're a Christian, doing a pagan ritual is probably not really going to do anything for you because yeah. magic and all that is about intention. So, I mean, personally, as a pagan, we, we burn a lot of sage and we do like mantras and a big part of it is just telling whatever it is to go. Like, okay. sorry, this is my, you're not welcome here. And most of the time they listen. That's most of the time. Good. So it comes down to true intention <laughs> and also being pretty bold about what you want, whether or not it's to get yeah. rid of that thing or to get it off of you. It has to be something that you do within yourself. Mm -hmm. 
Almost like giving them the authority to yeah. make this thing go away. Yeah, and there are things that don't leave that ease like that easily that um, you might have to seek some some help for. Like we we had to do that way back in the day. We definitely had to seek help multiple times. Um, but I'd say just throwing random numbers out there, but I'd say it's like a 80% chance that usually things are like, oh, okay, I guess I'm not welcome here. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So how did you end up um, finding these rituals? Did you Google them? If that, if Google exists, <laughs> or did you, um, cause you said you had people come in and help at some point in time. Like, did they show you rituals to do? Um, well, I've been practicing, like I guess a pagan path since I was 12. Oh, okay. So I've kind of learned just over the years, simple things like white candle, sage, intention. Um, there's certain spells that you can do. I personally did not Google them, but I do Google things a lot and there's good information, but there's, you, know, you guys know it's the internet. There's also... Because <laughs> <laughs> you know the internet's always true. Yeah. There's, <laughs> there's good and bad information out there. <laughs> yeah. I was just curious because like for those who would like want to like do a ritual, like a protection ritual, like how would they know which ones are like the correct ones or the right ones per se? Like what, like how do you... F- how do you know if they're like trusted or not? I've uh, learned from, I guess like my godmother and I, I work with a priestess. So I, I learned from them on just basic stuff. So I kind of always have trusted what they have to say. And so I have the knowledge and I see something like, okay, yeah, that sounds like what I know. Mm-hmm. Or like you at least the general enough. vicinity. You were fortunate enough that you had people in your life that you could ask questions with. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was lucky that way. But as paranormal investigators, like, you know, that's why all of us do what we do. Obviously to get evidence, but like to help people that are struggling, that aren't sure what's going on, so. And you learn something new every day. That's for sure. That's true. (laughs) Every investigator. Yeah. <laughs> get hit with an invisible force. I think Nate had a question. What would you like to ask? Do you currently investigate? Like, how, I, what, what's your main focus right now? Uh, yes, I am part of a team here in Colorado called Code Paranormal, and okay. we do investigations. Um, so I, I focus a lot on that, and I'm focusing mostly right now on kind of building my own, my blog and. I guess, I don't know a better word, but kind of to be a name in the community, hopefully, so people can reach out to me for help or advice, all that good stuff. (laughs) Yeah, we'll be sure to share your information, too, on our Instagram and Facebook and whatnot. I'm going to be checking it out. Yeah. What what was your best experience so far? Oh, that's hard. (laughs) There's been a lot. Um, I guess one that I haven't talked about on other platforms at all. because it was just so weird and unexpected. Um, I got home one night, it was a really bad night. I had been uh, seeing somebody and it was one of those nights where we just kind of stayed up all, all night talking, but fighting and I didn't go to sleep. And I was just so emotionally charged. And I got home and got in bed and I closed my eyes and I got this horrible, just dreadful feeling from literally, I felt electricity go from my toes light speed up to my head and I opened my eyes and right in my bathroom from the bedrooms at my bathroom's right there too and I just saw this red figure standing there 
like in my doorway. And I just kind of was staring at it, like trying to see if it would go away once my eyes were opened. And it like was probably a good 15 seconds. And I grabbed my flashlight on my phone and shined it really quick. And it was got, it was nothing. But I like, I looked at it with my eyes for a while and I saw it. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. That's a while. Yeah, I agree. Very clear of what you saw. That's interesting. Yeah. I didn't go back to sleep or back to like trying to go to sleep. I turned on my lights. <laughs> Until the sun came up. <laughs> Do you have any thoughts yeah. on like what that red figure might have been? You know, I was wondering, and then it kind of came down to the whole theory about projecting something because I was I haven't been that emotionally charged and upset and sad and angry in years, like to the point where I was like I could feel the electricity in my body, and I have to wonder if I, I my mom and I naturally kind of seem to attract things anyway. And I think those kind of extreme emotions of any kind can, it's like a beacon of light. <laughs> yeah. Did you draw the figure that you saw? Oh, uh, no. <laughs> I have <laughs> the drawing skills of a figure. But like it didn't have, a, it wasn't like, there's was no face. I couldn't like see a facial recognition. Or like a shadow person, but red. Yeah, like bright red. Shadow things you see all the time, and you know, sometimes in the dark, things tend to matrix, and you're like, okay, maybe I'm not seeing this, but I've never matrixed a red thing before. So <laughs> you're growing. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of a red figure before. I mean, it makes sense yeah. like, if you think about it. Like, when, you, when people like associate colors with emotions, like red is usually attached to anger. And so, if you were feeling anger at the time, like, it makes sense if you were a project if you were a projector to project red. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. I'm an artist <laughs> if you can't tell. <laughs> I love it. See, that's why I like talking to other people about this kind of stuff. <laughs> and Kaylee, Aaron, like you two are kind of getting on with the whole projection thing. Do you kind of feel like with the emotions that you had that night, Aaron, what you were given off is kind of like um, kind of like a light during the summer night you're attracting things. Light attracts bugs. That anger, that emotion you were attracting was possibly attracting something spiritual and it came to your energy. Like, okay, it's powerful here. Do you think that's possible? Yep. I am a firm, firm believer in that. And a lot of some of the homes that we've investigated like as a team, yeah, usually they're very chaotic. And there's a lot of like couples fighting or drug addiction or just like chaotic things. And that seems to attract negative energy yeah yeah you know for the longest time i never understood that theory about how people can attract spirits i'm like oh, we, really? we really have that type of power well in the past year i've understood that our energy is like a projection of light and it's just like bugs they're attracted to light so when we have what spirits initially have the same type of energy they're like oh man there's there's a power source coming from somewhere and they draw to that so if you're super angry super sad Mm -hmm. Kind of well, it, it goes back to energy never dies. Like you can't, yeah. energy has to go mm -hmm. somewhere. Like you can't, you can't make energy go away. Can't just disappear. It doesn't go away. Mm -hmm. It's always it you always. You can't destroy always, energy. Yeah, you can't destroy it. Exactly. For sure. Which, when you think about that, imagine how much energy from like every single person that's ever walked the earth. It's such like an overwhelming. Yeah. Uh, I try not to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> sleep at night. <laughs> Man, never alone. Oh, gosh. Never alone. <laughs>
Oh. And I worry about that. <laughs> I just don't like the idea of someone watching me pick a wedgie or like take a shower, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that that would be a little Dang discomforting. Right? <laughs> it's like as long as I don't tell anyone, I don't care. Yeah. Find <laughs> like, or... another paranormal investigation team. Like, hey, this girl picks her nose. You better watch out for her. <laughs> she is. The equipment's not clean. <laughs> Use gloves. <laughs> Gross. So, Aaron, um, if you don't mind, could you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, like? What got you into the paranormal and what got you into the paranormal field and eventually into a team? Sure. Um, I mean, like I said, it's been, I've had experiences my whole life. I mean, even experiences that I don't remember, but like my, my, my best friend, we've been, one of my best friends, we've been friends since we were, I think, four and five. Okay. And like, I, I don't remember it, but I would sit there and I'd be like, oh, you know, look at the man at the top of the stairs. Like, and I could describe what he was wearing. And it's like, my brain has blocked that out, but she was like, you used to scare the crap out of me. <laughs> wow. And so I've always been like that. And then everything that happened um, in the show happened and life was crazy. And as I got older, I was just sort of like, okay. And then, you know, Ghost Hunter, just Ghost Adventures kind of made it more of like a okay, this might be an accessible thing to study. Yeah. And so I actually sat at home one day on a snow day and messaged about 10 to 15 teams in Colorado, like, please take me. That's what <laughs> I did. <laughs> yeah, I'm not right. the only one. <laughs> and then I found one and then I've been with them for about three years. Nice. And then um, my own research, I mean, in my room, I've got bookshelves just full of different stories and theories and other weird things. <laughs> nice. So Aaron, you've been dealing with this since you were little and it mm -hmm. kind of seems like you could categorize yourself as a sensitive, correct? Yeah, I, I'm definitely sensitive. I'm most certainly not like, I don't have any, which I'm kind of glad for like medium abilities, Okay. but I can definitely um, sense spirits and energies and a lot of times I can pick up on people's thoughts and emotions if they're like right next to me. Okay, so you and um, here might actually have a lot in common. She, yo. She's kind of dabbling in that same little field. You want to collaborate? <laughs> yeah, so at the time of this recording, we haven't we haven't posted any of our podcasts yet, but I was actually the guest speaker on the second podcast, and so I kind of go into my story there. So I'll try and just sugarcoat it and not like go into deep details. Um, and I'll listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I've never like, I've never struggled in life or like been tormented by anything. I just, you know, it really wasn't until I was an adult that I realized that like, hey, I might, I might be a little bit more special than I think I am. Um, just because like, I eventually like, at one point I met my spirit guide like, like visibly in person. Which was like pretty cool. I was freaked out at the time, so I kind of ruined it. It was <laughs> <laughs> well, scary. But it was still cool. But then I realized that like I had seen the same spirit guide throughout my dreams throughout my life. Like the dreams that I remember, like the ones that stick with you. Not like yeah. ones, like you just like whatever. It's like you never forget them. Like there's ones I there's a dream I remember from like when I was five years old and like I remember every single thing from that dream. And it's just like I call them like celestial feeling beings. I'm like I'm used to I'm used to feeling, sensing like their feeling aura. If that makes sense, like oh no, it definitely does. Like, 
And so I've only met like, as far as I know, I've only met like one human spirit. And that was actually my husband's father who died when of cancer when my husband was 13. And I didn't even realize who I was looking at. And it took me like about a month to realize like, I felt like there was something in the corner, but I was just like, it was like so weak compared to like what I've felt my whole life that like, you know, like if you're not looking for it actively, like you, it's easy to overlook it. Oh yeah, or like chalk it up to a real thing. Yeah. Like, oh, that's just so, my imagination. Yeah, and so one day I just decided to acknowledge it. Like I looked up, like basically I just always, like anytime I left my, my then boyfriend's um, house, like you had to leave through the garage. And I just felt like there was this thing in this corner sitting on a bucket. You know, you just felt like it like didn't know what to do. And like, I just looked up that corner and I said, hello. And I sat there for a moment. And then out of nowhere, I just felt like there was this big intense energy right next to my left ear. And it was, I almost felt like in my head, I was hearing, you can hear me. You know, like one of those cheesy movie phrases is like, you can hear me, I'm a ghost. Um, and I freaked out. I just ran to my car. Oh, no. <laughs> I felt a little bad. But then after a while, I started kind of like, piecing things together and be like, hey, I think this is somebody important associated to my, like at the time, boyfriend. Um, and so that's kind of like, that was like my first interaction, but like, that's kind of why I wanted to join like a paranormal team. Cause like, this is not like something that happens to me all the time. Like I'm not the I'm not like, what, what is it? Long Island medium where she's like seeing people every <laughs> single day. I'm like, oh, that would drive me nuts. And so yeah, it's one of those yeah. things like, all, so much of it is in your head like you don't know if it's real or not like especially after the experience has happened it's been a long time like you know it's just like you forget what that feeling was like and then it's just kind of like is this actually who I am because I don't want to be like you know how people are about psychics or whatever it's just like oh you're oh, yeah. that crap up and so I've always been like I've only really started like you know like bringing it up to people like in the past couple of years um, and so that's why I'm really hoping that like I can join this paranormal. I mean, I've already joined the paranormal team. <laughs> Duh. Um, You're still on probation. I'm so. still on probation. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like Keeper. October, like they were having the Ghost Member on a not Amy uh, Travel Channel, and I was like, you know, literally seeing Ghost Channels like every single day, like Ghost episodes. And you're just like. <laughs> so charged up i'm like i'm gonna join a team so like you i i emailed like 15 people it was like please accept me into your plan <laughs> <laughs> i'll be good i promise <laughs> and thankfully i mean really like the second person i emailed was Schuler, and like he i got really lucky they're a really great team they're very nice and considerate and you know that's all i really could ask for um and i'm just like i've only literally been on one investigation with them <laughs> because <laughs> The second, like, after that investigation, winter started, so we stopped. Like, they don't do investigations during the winter time, obviously, because it's cold. Um, and so I'm just really wanting to, like, test my stuff out, if that makes sense. See if she's got some Definitely. <laughs> I will say, make sure you kind of try and, like, guard yourself a little bit because with investigations like you know you're putting yourself out there and if you are open and sensitive like my life i've i've brought stuff home before and it, again it's never really been like bad but it's annoying <laughs> yeah that's my and, fear because like my husband struggles with like self-hate i mean he's definitely like recovered 
a lot in the past couple of years, but like I would hate to bring something home that would just like tear that all up. You know what I mean? I'm like, I, we don't need that right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, we're doing great. Let's not F this up. <laughs> um, anyway, so like, do you do any, like, how do you guard yourself when you go on investigations? Um, I, I have protection stones that I bring. Um, and honestly, I probably should do a lot more to protect myself, but I get a little lazy. Um, <laughs> he doesn't. A lot of times before, I, every time actually, before I leave a place, I'm just like, you are not welcome to come with me. You are to, to stay here or to move on. I mean, depending if it's like someone that needs help getting rid of it, but if it's like a museum or just a haunted old location, I'm just like, y'all have to stay here. We're not welcome. And usually that seems to work. Um, the few times we've brought little, cause my mom's on the team too. <laughs> oh, sweet. And awesome. so sometimes when we get a little lazy is when we've brought just little stuff home. So. Mm -hmm. Hey, Aaron, when it comes to items that you take to protect yourself, such as stones or other, you know, like charged relics, what is mm -hmm. your theory behind how that's actually protecting you? Is it some type of prayer? Is it some type of like ritual that you put the energy into this object to charge it to protect you or how does that work exactly um a lot of i mean there are certain stones but they have like natural depending on what you believe but i guess natural abilities for protection okay and i guess it's sort of the same thing as um somebody that wears a cross or a saint medallion or something i mean i guess in a lot of way you are giving it that power okay like your energy you're kind of putting into it to amplify the idea of protection mm -hmm. and then you know I, I believe that some of the stones that are kind of just meant for that just okay. automatically i kind of come with that <laughs> no i totally understand what you mean kind of like uh some type of rock that has an electrical current to it you mm -hmm. know like limestone something like that yeah you know, you're, you're EMF, I have a couple of stones you're EMF at home. and pick yeah. it up. Yeah. So there's something that's in there that's already charged. I totally get that. Aaron, um, I had a, a question with your team and then I can let uh, Nate or Ryan kind of throw some questions because I think Kaylee and I've been bombarding you. <laughs> more for me before I let these guys take over real quick so we can keep up on the time. Sure. Tell us a little bit about your team, kind of like how you guys roll. You know, where have you gone? What are your um, techniques of investigating? Fun stuff like that. Uh, we're a pretty laid back team. Um, there's not like a lot of, I guess, like roles. Um, everybody kind of just comes and we have a couple people that are more like my mom's pretty sensitive. And then we have someone else on the team that's pretty sensitive. And we do have someone that is kind of more in charge of like filming stuff because we do like YouTube episodes. Yeah. Um, I get stuck or not stuck, but I end up doing a lot of the the like going through evidence and putting some of the initial stuff together because I'm single I've got no kids no families all that good stuff so all I've got is time <laughs> and then yeah I mean it's we do a lot mostly I guess locations like we've done um we did the Phoenix gold mine where ghost adventures have gone I love you Zach Bagans if you ever listen um Oh, and you've also, I always have to get that in there. <laughs> you've also gone to Zach Bagan's uh, Haunted Museum just recently too, right? Yes, yes, for the second time. Was it wonderful. Oh, second time. Was it nice. actually haunted? Either, yes, absolutely, it is. Okay. 
Interesting. Okay. There's some weird, crazy vibes in there. And I don't get the, the vibes from all the like the Dibbuk box and like the other stuff that's like the big ticket items. It's like just random things that I'm like, oh, God, no. Yeah. So that's amazing. I'd love to actually investigate there. But that'd be wonderful. Yeah. Ghost Adventures is what got me started up with the whole team here. I was like, binge watch four episodes back in 2011. I'm like, yep, I want to see how real this is. I feel like they one of like the original ones though. Yeah, they started I, in 2008. I remember watching them as like maybe high school. Mm -hmm. They started in mm -hmm. 2008 with the documentary and then they got a TV show from that. Uh, so Ghost Hunters were the first ones though, the yeah, sci-fi yeah. show. Ghost Hunters? Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. So what do you think about Dibby Boxes? Honestly, I haven't done enough research into like Dibby Boxes and sort of like exactly the, all the, I guess the spirits attached to them. I know it's like a, a curse. And I think it's a Jewish curse. I'm not, yep. Yep. I believe it might be true. I could definitely see it being true, but I haven't done enough research to really say yes or no. Well, Ryan wants to throw me underneath the bus again. <laughs> I, I, I can I can see it in his face. He is cringing. <laughs> so there's been a big fad going on lately about Divic boxes being sold on eBay. And I, Schuler. Oh had to test this theory and I bought a $37 fake Divic yes, box. Yes, he did. Pretty, pretty sure it's fake because the, the ideal is that this- That's where it came from Michael's, this, but okay. <laughs> this accursed object supposed to have, you know, some type of relic in there, some type of object that's got attachments to it. Well, it was air. Yeah, there's air in, in this one. <laughs> Ryan is just enjoying himself up and down like Shuler. We opened it literally before this podcast. <laughs> like we were chilling out on the patio, like eating our burgers. And he, he was like, here's my divot box. It's open. We spent like five minutes on the wax just to get it off. Oh yeah, it was waxed down really good. Uh, I was impressed with that. That was a good quality wax. It's in the garbage now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should put some flowers in it or something. <laughs> yeah. It's a offering. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a the planter. I got were just Wi-Fi spikes, like Nate said. Are th are there, <laughs> uh, the people on your on the team are. Is there different types of beliefs for each person? Oh yes, which is actually this is funny. Um, so I kind of brought one of my friends on. I, I'm part of a Twin Peaks group, and we watch Twin Peaks every week. And they be have become really close friends, and we decided. Like they kind of just somehow managed to get on the team like slowly. <laughs> and uh, Jesse is the like total skeptic and he is so smart That's right. and has a wonderful brain. Well, guess who has a ghost now <laughs> that's bothering him at home? Really? <laughs> and he can't, he's like, he gets like, he tries to explain it. Yeah. And we actually had a conversation with the K2 and some of the other equipment the other night and uh like it answered it was like do you like to watch him sleep and it was like yes <laughs> <laughs> and all this stuff and it was just it's kind of funny the team skeptic is the one that brought home the one the spirit that likes to watch them sleep and knocks on his door at 2 a.m well, like his bedroom door have fun with that bro <laughs> <laughs> he is he thinks it's so interesting like he's not like freaked out he's just like his he's brain like is an anthropologist. Just... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's doing now? <laughs> so him as a skeptic, Aaron, how is he taking all this in? Is he finding logic to it or is he, where's he at? I mean, he, in every situation, he absolutely tries to find the logic, but even he's had to admit, he's like, okay, like there's some stuff going on that I, I can't explain. He won't say like, oh, yeah. I believe in ghosts, I've seen the light, but. <laughs> 
I can't wait till we get Ryan on that because he is our <laughs> biggest skeptic of the team, and, and and he's not afraid of anything, which is great because if there's a dark basement I don't want to go into, Ryan's already there. I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, I think there's wor- there's worth in having skeptics on your team because it like it keeps you from like over like because like you're already in an environment where you're like you're like thinking there's something around every corner. It's oh, yeah. it's usually dark, and you're like, for me, I'm afraid of the dark. So why am I even in this situation? And so okay, apparently, like every single thing that bumps and boops you're gonna think oh no there's a ghost whereas the exactly it's gonna keep a reality check be like hey maybe you just dummy you hit ran into a wall because you're dumb <laughs> you know? i think every team needs at least one mm-hmm. has is there anywhere in indiana that you've wanted to go i don't know anything off the top of my head but i'm always down for off-site investigations so <laughs> Um, but is there anything else you would like to cover, Aaron, or like any outlets you would like to share with our listeners where they could find you, contact you, you know, keep up to date with your adventures? Oh, sure. Um, I guess one thing I always say, um, to people is if it's a picture and you have to draw a red circle around it, it's probably nothing. So (laughs) calm down. (laughs) Yeah. Or like, I wrote a blog post about how much I hate um, orbs. Like, I believe like there are some legitimate orbs, but like people are out in a dusty field and they like run through and take pictures. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's dust. It's dirt. Like, that's not a ghost. I just always stay vigilant and trying to, you know, I guess debunk things before you, you know, go run around being like, it's paranormal. So I always leave people with that. And um, I'm on... I mean, my main focus right now, like my, is my Instagram, which is paranormal princess seven. Um, and that kind of connects with the blog that I write. Um, we're going to be friends right now. <laughs> Good. Well, look at that. That's the best place just because Facebook, I've, I got a lot of weirdos on Facebook after the show. So I kind of only, I don't accept people anymore. <laughs> that, that's a smart way. We have a better following on Instagram than we do Facebook. Yeah. 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 Facebook sucks now. Yeah. Like it's not it's not the avenue. And then also, I mean Code 3 Paranormal is on Instagram and YouTube, all that good stuff. Um we have our videos on YouTube for, of like a lot of our EVPs, our investigations. So those are the best places. So if people typed in could they type in something in Google to find all your outlets? Um yeah, probably. Um I mean I guess the best is just Paranormal Princess. Nice. Okay. <laughs> Right on, Aaron. With a seven at the end. But okay. I think just paranormal. I found you. Mm-hmm. I'm messaging <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's my notification. Right Sweet. On. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, there's one of those weirdos from Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to block. <laughs> weirdos yeah. are the best people, guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we got haunted cornfields and cornfields. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it. A couple racetracks. <laughs> Aaron, is there anything else you wanted to cover real quick? Uh, maybe uh, you, you feel like you're pretty comfortable in that theory about projection. I'd love to come back and talk about it more once I finish the book and I can send you guys actually some of the uh, paragraphs from it. Okay. He can that explain it a little more eloquently than I can. <laughs> oh, that's all right. Yeah. Um, yeah but I'd be happy to send some of that to you guys and then we can discuss it on the podcast off the podcast or whatever you guys are interested in okay yeah most definitely we'll get you back on for sure Aaron. that'd be awesome well thank you guys so much it's been a pleasure getting to talk to you guys outside of instagram (laughs) yeah thanks for coming on and we look forward to talking to you next time
Of course. Have a good rest of your night, guys. All right, guys. You know what? That was some really interesting stuff coming from Erin. You know, the theories that she shared with us and her own personal stories. I mean, I connected to them pretty well because some of the things that happened to me back in 2011, 2012. But um, hearing someone else's side to it, especially someone that we've never worked with or have even known, it's just, to, to me, really intriguing that there's a lot of similarities all around the world. You know, whether it's within the United States or it's, you know, in another country, a lot of the things we talked about tonight just really hit home for me. So I'm I'm really glad we had this podcast with her. I'm glad Aaron came on. What about you, Nate? How do you uh, take the podcast tonight? I thought it was very interesting talking to her. She seemed very um, knowledgeable. Going back to, like, what she dealt with when she was a child. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, but I know there's certain things she can't talk about, but it would be interesting to kind of get a little bit more background in the future yeah yeah for sure so i'm sure there's a lot more that could go on with yeah. her story what about you kaylee what do you think about tonight um it was it was neat seeing a different perspective um she seemed pretty well put together considering she deals with this stuff all the time oh, i yeah. think i'd be kind of frazzled <laughs> and you know stressed out totally yeah, but I mean, for the fact that you two could connect on, like, sensitivities, too, mm-hmm. I bet that kind of, like, made you a little more open to the whole thing, because there's someone else that yeah. deals with what you deal with, but she's, like, totally knowledgeable and, like, okay with it, and that, I know you're still learning and stuff, and it's not that you aren't knowledgeable, mm-hmm. but it's really helping you build yeah. where you're trying to go, right? Yeah. Cool, cool. Ryan, what about you? What do you think about Erin tonight? No, I think it was good about hearing her experiences, and I think it's kind of cool in a way that it, it's still going on and she can you know she can talk about it yeah and uh yeah i think it just shows like like what she's been through you know from her childhood going forward that yeah. you know the stuff's still happening and you know she's fine with it and then she's you know on she does the investigations now and her mom goes on them too yeah so i she's like involving it for her whole like her whole life she's gonna you know use it yeah, I mean, like you're saying, it kind of goes hand in hand with like it's every day for her now. Yeah. And she's actually able to help other people from her own experience. Because some people just kind of shut down and they don't want to deal with that anymore. But she's out there being proactive herself and helping other people. Yeah. So I totally agree with you on that, Ryan. That's a good point. Well, you know, I think we pretty much uh, exhausted tonight's podcast. So let's go ahead and get our farewells out for tonight. You guys know that you can reach out to us with any uh, questions, concerns, comments, or even try to get on the podcast yourself if you want to speak to us in the future by going to Google and typing in PILT Paranormal. You'll find our website and all those other good outlets. Of course, our podcast, our Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. Be sure to follow us and check us out. And yeah, if you guys want to check out Erin, we know for a fact you can look her up on Instagram. Her name is Paranormal Princess 7 So if you have any questions for her, send her a message, You know, reach out to her. You know, even send her a friend request. You'll see all of her updates and all that good stuff. And, um, yeah, be a good time to keep up on her adventures. So, Nate, Ryan, Kay, got anything else for tonight's podcast before we take an end here? No. Pretty much Thanks pretty for much listening, it. as always. All right, yeah. Thank you guys for listening. And until next time, stay frosty. Thanks for tuning in.